Come on, City First. Are you excited to be in the house this morning? It is such a good day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're excited to be alive, let me hear you say, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, if we haven't met yet, my name is Kyle. Uh, honored that Pastor Jeremy would toss me the ball and have it in my hands today to continue in our series, Endless Summer. If you're thankful for your pastors, would you put your hands together and just show them some honor where honors do? Absolutely. Uh, during the series, Endless Summer, we've been taking time to dive into the book of Proverbs. And uh, we've been extracting wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Scripture says that the writer of Proverbs is the wisest man who has ever lived. And I don't know about you, but I have made enough dumb decisions in life. I'm trying to do better. Come on, somebody. Absolutely. And so as we hop into this next installment today, uh, we know that we make our decisions and our decisions make us. And I want to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It gives us a springboard for where we're going today. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You ought to look at your neighbor next to you and say, that was good for you today. That was good for you. That was... No, wrong neighbor. Look behind you. Come on, tell them that was good for you. That was good for you. City First Anywhere, just drop in the comments. That was good for me. That was good for me. Guard your heart above all else because out of it determines the course of your life. There are a few things that we know about our hearts from the beginning. When it comes to our hearts, we know that things get in that we didn't mean to invite. I'm going to go talk to this side over here. All right, here we go. The second thing that we know about our hearts is that they stay longer than we'd like. And we have a hard time getting rid of them. Has anything ever crept in before and you were surprised by what got in? Some of us have had uh, outbursts, if you will, verbally or physically. And, and you're wondering, I, I had no idea how, how that got in there. I... I'm not sure why that person made me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. We, we have things that, that, that get in that we didn't mean to invite. We, they stay longer than we'd like. And, and the reality is this, is that following God does not lead us to a place of emotional euphoria uh, where, where, where we are excused from experiencing things in life. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, in this room in City First Anywhere, today's message might, might feel a little personal, uh, but I believe that following God is a very personal matter. Uh, my dad taught me very young, he said, Kyle, the things of God, as deeply spiritual as they are, are often fleshed out in very practical ways. This applies not just to the thoughts that we think or the actions that come out of our lives, but it applies as well as to what we allow into central command of our lives, and that is our hearts, the place where we decide, the place where we feel, the place where purpose is realized or stifled. The writer here is very clear. Guard your heart above what? All else, because out of it determines the course of your life. The word guard in the original language means to have a watchman or a defender. Now, you and I have to be very careful, though, that we put the right watchman and the right defender at our hearts. Otherwise, we'll go from having a defender to being defensive. <laughs> and the reality is this. How do you know that you've become defensive? Because you assume the worst in people. 
You believe they're going to hurt you even though they've done nothing to show you that they will. How do you know that you've become defensive? Your knee-jerk reaction is to believe that someone is out to get you. However, guard your heart above all else because out of it flows all of the matters of life, some of your translations say. I'd love to introduce this thought to you this morning that following God doesn't excuse us from feeling and dealing with negative emotions. I think I'm safe in saying this, that I'm probably in a room with a bunch of professional avoiders. Come on, somebody's like, I hear you, I'm a witness, amen. There's some honest believers in the house. Uh, professional avoiders, uh, no pain, no pain. We'd love to stay away from the negative emotions that life brings us. We all love to feel powerful when we walk into the office on Monday morning. We, we all love to feel valued and worthy when we walk into our homes and our families acknowledge our presence. We, we all love to feel in control or loved. We, we all love to feel a sense of happiness when it comes to the relationships that we're connected to. However, following God doesn't excuse us from feeling and dealing with the, with the negative emotions of life. I haven't met one human being yet that was in a hurry to sign up to get hurt. I have met so many of us in this room in City First Anywhere that will try to avoid pain and hurt at all costs. My heart today for you, which I think stems from the heart of God and through this incredible team here at City First, is that you would have a game, game plan for how to navigate through dark and difficult moments. The writer guards your heart above all else because out of it determines the course of your life. This includes navigating through negative emotions. I had a moment recently where, how do I say this as a Christian man following God? My level of anger went up by 727% in 90 seconds. Has anyone ever been there before just yet? Okay, cool, cool. I like this. I'm in the right room and with the right volume on the mic. Here we go. Uh, uh, I, I got a phone call. Uh, at 8.30 in the morning, and uh, something you should know about me is that my salvation kicks in at about 9.45 and two cups of coffee. <laughs> Anybody else feel the same? Let me just get a quick a amen right there, amen. Uh, and so uh, I got a phone call. The phone call had nothing to do with family. It, it had nothing to do with work. The content of the phone call is not even important. All you need to know is that someone said they were going to do something. And at 8.30 in the morning, they decided they were no longer going to do it. And it created double the amount of work and emotional strain on my life. And I have been blessed with an amazing wife, Danielle, and we're raising two children, seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. I say all that to let you know I don't have emotional margin for extra stress. Any parents in here say the same. 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, so, so, so as a parent, you try to practice a, a appropriate level of transparency with your children. However, on this day, I decided that my kids were going to get the full-on dad experience when dad is not happy. So, so I hang up the phone, and I can hear the Holy Spirit in, 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 in my heart. Hey, guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. Practice self-control. Hold it together, sir. I know how God talks to you. That's how God talks to me. And our, our daughter, Savannah, she walks up, and she holds my hand. She goes, Daddy? When are you going to be happy again? <laughs> no, I, I didn't yell at anybody. I, I didn't call anybody out their name. I didn't throw anything. I was angry, but I sinned not. Thank you, Jesus. However, she was very concerned about me, and I said, Honey, I'm going to give it a time frame. Daddy's going to be angry for about an hour. She said, Okay, Dad, I'll pray for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for kids that pray. Clearly, they got that from their mother. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, so, so, as I'm navigating through this moment, I can hear, though, the Holy Spirit through his word. Hey, Kyle, guard, guard your heart. Guard, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because something else we know about our hearts, when it comes to our hearts, be careful what you let get in. Mm -hmm. Be aware of how it got there. You ever been in a moment before where something comes out of your mouth? And you try to take it back, but say, I really didn't mean that. <laughs> Hashtag, yes, you did. Somewhere it was what? Down in there. Be, be aware of how it got in there. Some of us have things that have gotten in our hearts because of relationships we used to have. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever been held captive by a used to have relationship? Yeah, 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 yeah. Be, be aware of how it got in there. And then be cautious of how long it stays. I said a moment ago, I told my daughter, I said, I'm gonna, I'm, Dad's going to be angry. I'm going to be angry for an hour because I know if I carry it throughout my day, someone at a red light is going to catch the wrath of my anger. And apparently that don't go well for pastors and the media. <laughs> uh, the last step, here we go. Be ready to let it go. Can we just be honest in this room, in City First, anywhere, and say that last step of the equation might be the hardest? At the risk of making you go, oh my gosh, and he's a pastor? Let me say it like this. I like hanging on to stuff. All right, I'm going to try to find out who's not judging me this morning. Uh, I like hanging on to grudges. I want you to hurt as much as you hurt me, if not a little bit. Is he a pastor? I'm a person. That's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And for the record, Jesus and therapy go really well together. Uh-huh. Because knowing me, I'm righteous, but a little ratchet, too. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, uh. Guard your heart above all else because out of it flows all of the matters of life. The course of your life is determined by whether or not you guard your heart well. At some point, you got to let it go. And can we just be clear in this room in City First Anywhere, you, can't, you just can't let it go apart from the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Would you... 
We'd like to be really good, but we're really not. We'd like to be really resourceful, and we have a lot of life experiences that have taught us a number of different things, but the reality is we still come up short. All have sinned and come up short. Guard your heart above all else because out of it flows all of the matters of life. Sometimes what matters in life is letting it go. I had a let it go moment where uh, my wife and I were having a conversation and and she mentioned someone's name in the conversation, and without thinking twice, I said, don't ever mention that person's name in this house ever again. And I am married to a very strong black woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she gonna tell it like an IS is. And, uh, and she smiled, oh, oh, okay, all right. And I knew what that meant, two things. Mm -hmm. Number one, don't ever say that like that again. <laughs> Number two, you better go talk to Jesus before talking to me. <laughs> and when I, when I went back to talk to Jesus about it, I, I was surprised at my soul. I was surprised at the veracity that that phrase came out of my heart with. Guard your heart above all else. I said, God, uh, what, what got in that I wasn't aware of? Unforgiveness. This person that hurt my family and I so deeply. I'm talking about this was the kind of person that we had about 15-year relationship. Like this kind of person you invite over for Thanksgiving dinner and you share your good Kool-Aid with them. Y'all know about Kool-Aid, right? Okay, just making sure. I know we got organic stuff these days and I'm all about the organic, right? But how many know something happens over a good glass of Kool-Aid? Uh-huh. This, 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 this. This person became like family to us, and within a matter of just a few years, we found out that the person that we had invited close was not the person they perpetrated themselves to be. Uh, the emotion that I felt often was like the kids would say, if I see you again, it's on site. <laughs> Guard your heart. Above all else, because out of it determines the course of your life. It's the only time in my entire life to this point that every time I thought about that person's name for seven years, I had to say, I choose to forgive you. Something I know about every human being walking the face of this planet is we all deal with pain. And what we choose to do with it will determine what we become from it. If anything, pain is the introduction, if you will, that having a guard on your heart is necessary. Because if you live life long enough, at some point you're, you're going to be hurt. I don't know who hurt you, and I don't even need to know why. I just know, at some point, we get hurt. Maybe it's a baby mama or baby daddy that hurts you. Maybe it was a, a coach that once said you'll never amount to anything more than your dad is. Maybe it's a teacher. The language they used towards you was very personal and assassinated your character. Maybe it was a boss or an employee 
Maybe it was just something that happened in life, like the loss of a loved one. I heard a Christian mental health doctor talk recently, said that in life you are presented with a number of different circumstances that cause you to have to decipher a number of different emotions. How you label the circumstance determines how you label the pain. How you label the circumstance determines how you label the pain. One thing I know about following Jesus is that he never wastes pain. The problem is, is that I have to offer him my pain so I can see it from his perspective. Because if left to you and I, we begin labeling pain with a whole lot of different labels that don't line up to who God called and created us to be. Yeah. And, and we wonder why we navigate through insecurity, or maybe we don't. We wonder why we navigate through anger and fear. We, we wonder why there's just certain emotions that attach themselves and sometimes certain environments and certain people have a way of what we would say bringing it out of us. Can I just go on record to say that no one on this planet has earned the right to shape, mold, guide, or develop us apart from Jesus Christ by his spirit and through his word. Yeah. So he would allow Proverbs 4, 23 to walk into time and space and remind us, guard your heart, the central part of who you are, the place where you decide, the place where you feel, the place where you make progress or regress. Guard your heart. Above what? All else, oh, we, we want promotions and scholarships and, and new titles and healthier relationships, but guard your heart above all of it because out of it flow all of the matters, determines the course of your life. I told you that today might, might be a little personal, so just lean in with me for a second. Nearly 23 years ago, my best friend laid down to take a nap and never woke up again. As a sophomore in high school, I was thrown into the wind and the waves of grief and confusion. For the better part of two decades, I spent time in a ton of relationships, friendships, just wouldn't materialize to anything because the reel that I continued to play was everybody is going to leave me suddenly like Kelvin did. I'd sabotage friendships because I just didn't want to be hurt again. You fill in the blank of the moments of pain or loss that you felt and you, you would understand what I'm talking about. I remember having to go through the process of what it is to unpack the pain. My pastor says it like this, you've got to do the hard work so that God can do the deep work. A lot of us want to walk down to an altar and just throw our hands in the air and say, God, take it all away. And although he can, because he's God, 
He often wants us to get to know him in the pain so that we can see what he's doing through the process. Sitting on a therapist's couch, unpacking the layers of grief and loss and memorizing scripture and repeating that scripture over and over again through tears and through sleepless nights. Learning how to be a friend to people again because the Bible says if you want friends, you have to show yourself to be friendly. Rehearsing this over and over again, I've, I've found freedom, but I found freedom in the fact that my pain wasn't a stopping point. My pain gave birth to a new revelation or understanding of who God is. A watershed moment for me was just about six months ago, my best friend lost his grandfather. While we stood at the burial service that day, less than 50 feet away from where we were burying his grandfather was the headstone of my best friend who died nearly 23 years ago. I had no idea of it at the time, and when I turned around and walked over to the headstone, it was the first time in two decades that I was able to smile through tears, knowing that the God who was faithful through the pain is also faithful to carry out his promise. Guard your heart above all else, because out of it flows the course of your life. Genesis chapter 11 gives us a story, literally just in a handful of scriptures. It's a brief story of someone who shows us how they met pain and what their response to it was. Genesis chapter 11, starting at verse 26, the Bible says this, after Terah was 70 years old, he became a father. Pause. Good for you, sir. Good for you. Continue. He became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, the land of his birth, while his father Terah was still living. In just a couple of scriptures, we see that there was a, a man named Terah, and he had three sons, Abram, who we learn later his name would be changed to Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. And it's, it's in this part of the story now that we see that Terah goes through one of the deepest points of pain that any human can experience on earth. The death of a child. If anyone deserves the right to hurt, Terah. Children are supposed to bury their parents, not parents bury their children. Terah has had to go through the funeral, the burial, and the repass. He's had to say thank you to everyone who came to mourn, even though he doesn't feel thankful for what just took place. He's had to pack up his son's room all of the hopes and dreams that they had of the things that they would do as father and son adults now has gone by the wayside. Haran is dead. And Terah does what all of us like to do after a significant loss. 
You just want a fresh start and a new beginning. The scripture says this, one day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and he moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. This, this just makes sense, doesn't it? I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. And every time I come home, I'm reminded of not just the thing I lost, but the son that I lost. Every time I, I get back home from work, there's this fresh reminder of the pain that we are navigating through because Haran isn't here anymore. So he puts the house up for sale, makes his way, and the Bible says, here we go, he was headed for the land of Canaan. And these three words change the narrative. But they stopped. Guard your heart above all else because out of it flows the course of your life. Terah had the family and they were going to go get a fresh start in a land called Canaan. Later on in scripture, we learned that this was, this was a promised land. This was a beautiful land. This was a place that God had set aside just for his people. And Terah had the opportunity to be able to lead his family into this place. But they stopped. Oh, I understand why you left Ur of the Chaldeans. You, you just can't stomach going back to your child's tombstone all of the time. And you don't want to have the conversations over and over again. Terah, I'm not judging you, man. I, man, I feel you in this moment. He was headed to Canaan, but... They stopped. Have you ever been headed towards freedom before, but then the pain of unforgiveness grabs a hold of you and you stop? Have you ever been headed in the direction of humility, saying that I prefer someone else before I prefer myself, but the pain of how someone else did you in a different season now has caused you to just stop? Have you ever experienced loss before and the label you put on it determined that the pain that you were experiencing was unbearable and although Jesus died and rose again and got up out of a borrowed tomb, it's just too much for you to handle so you just stop. I didn't come to judge you this morning. I actually just came to connect with you and remind you that God understands why we stop. That's good news for somebody today that feels like they've been caught in a perpetual pause. I just want to encourage you. God understood why you stopped. Where did Terah stop? He, he stopped in Haran. What was his son's name? Haran. Now this city is not the namesake for his son. It just so happens that the place where he stops is the same name as his son. He didn't just stop in Haran. He settled there. I came all the way from Florida just to nudge a few people in this room and city first anywhere. Guard your heart above all else because out of it determines the course of your life. In this scenario, there was no problem with Terah stopping. The problem was that he settled. And all of us have moments in our lives where our pain stops us for a season. But just be careful and be cautious that the matters of your heart don't cause you to settle in a place of pain. 
One of the saddest parts of scripture is this very next sentence. Terah lived for what? 205 years and what? Died. While where? Still in Haran. The original name for Haran is the place of bitterness. I got to be honest with you, the older that I get and the longer that I live and the more loss and pain that I experience, I actually understand why Terah would settle in a place of bitterness. Because it's a whole lot easier to settle in a place of bitterness than to apply courage and just get better. But I came to encourage someone in this room or City First anywhere that God did not call you to settle in a place of bitterness. God did not call you to settle in a place of pain. God calls you to settle in a place of healing and wholeness. But what it's going to require is that you guard your heart above all else because out of your heart flow all of the matters of your life. Well, what do I do with the pain, Kyle? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. You take the pain that's been packaged and handed to you and you hand it back to the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And you go, that there's something that's too heavy for me to handle, but there's something that you have the ability to be able to control and walk me out of. And the reason why you and I go through pains sometimes is because God wants us to have a perspective on pain that only he can give. So I came to give someone an eviction notice today that it's time to get up and get out of the place where you have settled. So ask the courageous question, where is the place that I have settled? Where is the place that I've decided to call home? Is it grief that you've allowed to enter you into this place? It's time to not settle any longer. What is the pain that you have allowed to identify you. It's time to hand it over and not settle in that place anymore. Why do you have this kind of confidence and this kind of verbiage to offer me today, Kyle? It's because I have been in a place before where I thought I'd always be in that spot of pain and I'd have to settle there and that would become my identity. But when God stepped in and I allowed him to, when you find bread, you want to offer it to everyone else who's hungry as well. And so would you allow today the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to grip your heart that as you put a guard over your heart and say there's some stuff that gets in but now it's time to move out and now it's time to move forward I, I will not settle here I feel that this morning I will not settle here. I, I won't settle here because my children are dependent on it and I will not settle here because my job is dependent on it and I will not settle here because the purpose that he's called and created me for is too important. I will not settle here. If this is you and you choose not to settle, would you throw your hands in the air this morning as a sign that you're walking out in faith and walking out in victory unto you, Jesus. You are powerful.
Come on, somebody, give Jesus one big praise. Yes. Yes. There's a line in there that says, I will trust you. Sometimes the pain is so heavy that we feel we cannot trust again. But that little nudge you feel in your heart is the Holy Spirit of God asking you, just trust me with your pain and I'll turn over a promise. What's the promise? I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I will be with you always. All you have to do is invite this Jesus into your life today. And I wanna give someone the opportunity to say, I, I believe in you today, God. Through what your son Jesus did, I wanna lean into that to put you as the guard over my heart. City First, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer out loud because it's never God's desire that anybody feel left out in a moment of eternal significance like this. So with courage and confidence, would you just pray out loud? Just say, Jesus, I need you. I've tried on my own and I failed. But today, I hand you my sin. I receive your forgiveness. I hand you my life. I receive your love. Today and every day to come, I choose to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, would you lift up one more big praise for those who made that decision today?